Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Today we begin one of those marvelously precise and intricate sentences from the inspired pen of the Apostle Paul. In the Greek, all of verses 11 through 16 is one sentence. We're going to talk about the unity team leaders that God designed into his plan for the church the body of Christ. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he teaches today's segment of this week's message entitled, Unity Team Leaders. As I said, it seems that while the apostles traveled a great deal, the prophets probably more limited to one location, at least one at a time, um, there's just not evidence of them traveling from place to place. But understand this, these two apostles and prophets were foundational to the church. Again, we don't even have to go out of the context. Let's stay here in the book of Ephesians. Go back one more chapter to chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. Paul says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. That's terminology of Gentiles in relationship to Jews. He's saying, no, we're all one body Now in Christ, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. Christ is the ultimate foundation. You can only build on one foundation, which is Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in this analogy here, he's the chief cornerstone. That's the first stone of the foundation that's laid. It's laid with perfect precision and all measurements of all dimensions and directions within the rest of the building come in relation to the chief cornerstone. So he's the chief cornerstone. The apostles and prophets laid the foundation of truth that was revealed by Christ for the church. Everything preached by them and especially everything written by them, inspired by the Holy Spirit for the New Testament, that's part of the foundation of the church, the body of Christ. We have, now there was a lot more that they said and a lot more that they wrote, but we have preserved for us the inscripturated writings from Matthew, he's one of the twelve, Mark, oh he would be one of the small a apostles, very closely associated with Peter. We have Luke, another small a associate of the apostles. He wrote Luke and Acts. We have the apostle John. He was a rock star. He wrote five books of the New Testament. We have Paul, that later edition of them. He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. We have James, another small a apostle guy. We have Peter. He wrote two books, and he and Paul uh, referred back and forth to each other as colleagues in this whole process. We have Jude, another small a apostle, half-brother of Jesus, and whoever wrote the book of Hebrews. If 
you want to argue about whether um, Matthias ought to be in or not, just argue about who wrote the book of Hebrews. You could have a whole lot more splits in your denomination um, deciding your opinion on that. I just can't wait to meet him. Got some questions. Now, I think it's quite logical to say, and this meets with the um, uh, consensus of the history of Christian theology, apostles and prophets are now replaced by evangelists and teaching pastors. There are, there's no succession of apostles, by implication, no succession of the prophets. And when I say that, here's the evidence for that. We read Ephesians 2.20. You don't put a foundation on the 21st floor of a building. It's one foundation, one foundational generation, one found gen- foundational generation of the theologians. Uh, the last time that we have any record of the apostles and prophets ever coming together is Acts chapter 15. Well, that's pretty early in the church. That, that's right after Paul's first missionary journey. Then, as a group, they disappeared completely, except, of course, we have Paul's ministry recorded and his writings and the writings of Peter and the writings of, uh, of John, and all their functions were assumed by others in the church. So God gives every member of His body to each one of us. He's given gifts. God places certain gifted men into certain roles in the church. There's not a gift of an apostle. There's an office of apostle. There's not a gift of pastor-teacher. There's an office of pastor-teacher, etc. Now, there is a little bit of wiggle room here. There's a little bit of ambiguity here. There are people who love the Lord and His Word as much as I do, who would say that what I'm doing now by preaching in this manner where I am speaking before a group of people and it's a one-way address, they say that is an example of the gift of prophecy because I'm speaking forth what God has written in His Word and I am exhorting His people to learn and obey what He says. I'm okay if somebody wants to say that. Um, I tend to put the gift of prophecy in the category of those things that uh, passed with the apostles. Uh, But again, there's some ambiguity. I would call it teaching. Uh, And I would say that the, the difference between teaching and preaching is not the difference between one gift and another gift. Because the content is always the same. It's always needs always needs to be the Word of God. I say it has mainly to do with whether it is dialogue or proclamation. If, if a group of three of us is sitting down, I'm not going to stand up, open my Bible, and preach to you. We're going to sit down and talk about the Scriptures, and it'll be a, a two-way communication. Um, and the other category is how many people are involved. So is it dialogue or is it proclamation? And is it a larger group or a smaller group? And I don't think it's a cut and dried, uh, clear line. Um, Every spiritual gift exercised properly is always going to be checked by others who compare what a person says with the Word of God. Okay, we got two more positions and not very much time. Let's look at the rest of the team here. What about the evangelists? And he gave some as apostles and some as the prophets and some as the evangelists. Now, it's import, import, unfortunate that this word evangelist conjures up an image today 
that is probably rather far removed from the New Testament. And guess what? It's a word that came directly from the Greek by transliteration. The root is euangelon, or good news. The evangelion uh, is the, the evangel. It's, it, it mean, the word means good news. These are the good newsers. These are the ones who take the good news uh, somewhere. It's not as precisely a transliteration, but it's right there. When you think of an evangelist today, you probably think of a guy on TV or you think of a guy with 25 suits and 25 sermons and 25 hairdos who comes to town for a, a week or two and gathers all the people that he can and preaches fire and brimstone and um, it ends up in singing just as I am over and over while he names every sin anybody in the group could have ever committed until finally some people come forward, they can sign the rolls and say, look how many came to Christ, and then they vanish. Remember that percentage of how many people came to be committed to their local church through evangelistic events, 0.5. And I think that's bigger in those days than it would be, uh, than it would be now. That's not to say it's, bad, it's wrong to do evangelism. We're, we just have helped our Russian friends do a lot of it, right? But they tell you that particular ministry accounts for the first contact of the gospel with half of the people that are in their churches now who've been baptized since the fall of communism. A, a, a system is just a, it's just a tool. The point is what is said there. But when we think about evangelists, what do we mean? What should we mean? Well, it basically means traveling missionaries. As I said, if apostles and prophets have been replaced by evangelists and teaching pastors, the significance would be evangelists are those who take the gospel, take the message new places. So church planters or missionaries, we tend to call them, especially if they cross cultural barriers. They're people who take the good news. We have some in the New Testament. Philip did that. Well, Philip started out as one of the deacons named in Acts chapter 6. Timothy did some of this along with when he's part of the team of the Apostle Paul. So did Titus. So did Barnabas. And, And though he was an apostle, Paul always did what an evangelist does. He always preached the gospel and planted churches. And when Paul wrote his very last letter to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, Paul told Timothy, who at that time was a pastor in Ephesus, he said, part of your job is do the work of an evangelist. So it's not like they're distinct jobs, but those who take it to new places, we call them evangelists or missionaries, those who stay put in one place, we call them pastors and teachers. So, that brings us to number four, pastors and teachers. And he gave some as the apostles, and some as the prophets, and some as the evangelists, and some as the pastors and teachers. And I'm going to spare myself for one more week having to tell you what the Bible says that I'm supposed to do. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to pause our progress in the text for today for a very important reason. I've been giving you definitions and making fun of words and all kinds of details here. Why all this detail and prescription, uh, 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 precision with all of this stuff? Um, I want to slap us into the world of personal application 
and help us see how important this is. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.